0: Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 252 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from February 12th, 2018, titled Tour Preview The Japanese Healthcare System at a High Level. For anyone who is interested in a comparative view of health systems in the world's major countries, I highly recommend the book titled The Healing of America A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper, and Fairer Healthcare. In the book, journalist T.R. Reid compares how the health system in different countries would treat his bad shoulder. What treatment could he get? How long would he wait? And how much would it cost? Now, the book is from 2009, but it's still an interesting and valid compare and contrast. As I prepare to leave for Japan in about 10 days for my third lean healthcare study trip, I thought to revisit the chapter from the book about Japan, and I'll share some highlights here in this post. Reid wrote, when I asked how long I would have to wait if I chose the full-scale shoulder replacement surgery, the doctor checked his computer. Tomorrow would be a little difficult, he said, but next week would probably work. I've learned from previous trips to Japan, somebody saying a little difficult means no um, in, in that country and in, in that culture. But Reid is told the total price would be about $10,000, and that includes five nights in the hospital. It would cost about four times as much in the U.S. with just one hospital night. Now, insurance pays 70% of the bill in Japan, but there's also a $650 monthly limit, so Reed would only pay $650 for that procedure. But the doctor first recommended many alternatives to surgery. Now, big companies in Japan are required to provide and pay for insurance, Smaller companies get a 14% subsidy, and there's also something called a citizen's health insurance plan for retirees and self-employed people. The individual and local governments share the cost, and Reid doesn't say what that split is. Reid writes, it's worth noting that this happens in a largely private sector system. Japan relies on private doctors and hospitals with bills paid by insurance plans. In fact, Japanese doctors are the most capitalist and most competitive that I've seen anywhere in the world. So he also writes about how the insurance companies are nonprofit, as they are in every country except for the US, and there are about 3,500 plans. But employees don't get a choice, even though they can choose their doctor or hospital. Generally, the patient pays 30% of the bill, and the insurer picks up the rest. People cannot be denied coverage. They're required to have it, and claims cannot be denied. Reed writes, as in other nations except the United States that use the Bismarck model, Japanese health insurance companies are nonprofit, and they exist to pay medical bills not to earn a profit for investors. Now, I've heard about this in my previous visits, but the average Japanese person sees their primary care doctor an average of 14 and a half times a year. That's very high compared to the US. Nearly all general practitioners make house calls. Usage and utilization of healthcare is high. For example, there are two times as many CT scans as Americans get per capita, three times as many MRIs as Americans, two times as many hospital beds per capita than in the US, and six times longer length of stay. The average is 36 days compared to six, which I believe is now lower in the United States. Japanese are less likely to have surgery. Uh, Reed writes, this is partly economics. Since the fees for surgery are low, doctors don't recommend it as often, and it's partly cultural. As a rule, Japanese doctors and patients prefer drugs to cutting the body. On a per capita basis, the Japanese take about twice as many prescription drugs as Americans do. So Japan has high life expectancy, which Reed attributes to uh, societal factors, lifestyle, and the Japanese health system. Japan spends only 8% of GDP on healthcare, about half that of the US spending. One factor in keeping costs down is strict cost controls that sharply limits the income of medical providers. Reed writes: In fact, the secret to Japan's low healthcare costs is simple. The system shafts doctors and hospitals, paying some of the lowest fees on earth for medical treatment. In Japan, doctors don't get rich. We make a decent income somebody was quoted as saying. There's a thick reference book that lists prices that will be paid. Again, Reed writes, the insurance plans are mostly private, but the Ministry of Health and Welfare determines which treatments and drugs the insurance plans have to pay for and negotiates the prices that insurance has to pay. So you have a multi-payer system that works like a single-payer system. The single national fee schedule gives the ministry enormous power. So the price of a Head MRI is $105 in Japan compared to about $1,000 to $1,400 in the US, which explains why high utilization doesn't lead to huge costs. Reed tells a story in the book about Japanese doctors approaching the MRI manufacturers to demand newer, smaller, cheaper MRI machines. The new scanners are one-tenth the cost of what an American hospital would buy. They're being sold, these new scanners, in developing countries, but it sounds like American hospitals don't prefer them because they lack certain high-end features. So are American hospitals demanding cheaper equipment, or are they happy competing in the medical arms race, as some call it, for equipment like robotic-assisted surgery tools or proton therapy equipment? The focus on cost has helped, in some cases, drive innovation instead of focusing on, for example, the rationing of care. Reed also writes that many Japanese hospitals are severely underfunded. Now, from what I've seen in previous visits, the hospitals are nice and clean, but not luxurious. They're modern, but you don't see marble lobbies with fountains, uh, features I'd argue don't add any value. Reed is a bit less kind, writing that the hospitals tend to be, quote. Dumpy gray concrete structures with sparse facilities and crowded spaces. He also writes The National Association of Private Hospitals says that about 50% of hospitals and clinics in Japan are badly underfunded, with many on the verge of bankruptcy. The one saving grace for Japanese hospitals is that many of them were built and are maintained by big Japanese corporations to serve their employees. He writes, that those companies often pick up the cost of capital or expansion, providing a subsidy, uh, in effect, to those hospitals. On the topic of doctors, Reed describes busy doctors in drab offices who often struggle to break even. The one doctor he interviewed complained a bit about patients not wanting to make appointments. They just show up. The doctor feels pressured to keep waiting times down in the lobby because of competition. Now, that doctor and his wife get a combined income of about $160,000 from the clinic. As the book points out, doctors in countries other than the U.S. generally don't graduate medical school with huge student loan debts to pay off. And and this seems true in Japan as well. The doctor Reed interviewed has never faced a malpractice suit, nor have any of the other doctors who work in his clinic uh, over the last 40 years. Reed writes, Despite the Scrooge-like fee schedule and the intense competition among physicians, there has been no doctor shortage in Japan, although some rural areas have seen their doctors move to big cities recently. Doctors there are considered to have high status and highly prestigious jobs. Patients honor their doctors by bringing gifts or paying voluntary gratuities, although Reed wrote about his doctor's office having a sign asking that patients pay no more than the stated fees. And I think that's interesting about the gratuity since there's no tradition of leaving a tip in Japanese restaurants. During my last trip, a participant from Europe insisted on leaving cash on the table. We were about half a block down waiting across the street and the waitress came running after us, trying to give the yen note back to the customer because she thought it had been left behind. Now, after much back and forth, he convinced her to keep it or she gave up, even though it might've been a bit shameful for her to accept that tip. So Reed summarizes his time there. And again, this is from uh, the excellent book, The Healing of America, A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper and Fairer Healthcare*. Reed said, I saw both sides of Japanese medicine. There was instant access to fine doctors, a considerable range of choice for the patients and a private insurance system that seemed to cover just about everything. There was also a sense of a medical infrastructure that was overstretched and pinching pennies. In a sense, that makes Japanese medicine the mirror image of America. Our country spends too much on healthcare and gets too little in return. Japan gets lots of healthcare, but probably spends too little to make its excellent system sustainable. So that's the end of his quote. My final thoughts I mean, I don't think any country has a perfect health system. There are pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages. So I'm curious to go back again to see what's happening in terms of lean and Kaizen in these Japanese hospitals. I'm curious to learn more about the business pressures the hospitals we visit might be facing. And I'm also gonna go look through my 2012 and 2014 notes to see if I can recall more about what the hospitals and their leaders said then. So if you'd like a link to the book um, and, and more information here, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 252.